0: I'm Eugene Cash and the recording is in progress. I'm Eugene Cash and this is a Sunday evening meeting of San Francisco Insight. Uh, good to see you all. We'll have a sit and then a talk and discussion. So please um, take your posture, take your sitting posture and of course you could sit or stand or lie down as you wish. But you wanna take a posture that's relatively straight and comfortable and energized at the same time. So that if you're sitting on a bench or cushion or chair, you're sitting mostly on your sits bones, And there's an uprightness that begins at the base of the spine and goes all the way through the back of the neck. And you can fidget with your posture, moving side to side or forward and backward to get the appropriate balance. And then when you feel like you're relatively comfortable and upright and aware, then please relax while you stay aware. Letting the different parts of your body being relaxed, like your jaw, or your shoulders. Or if you scan your body, finding any place that's tight or held that you can easily release a little bit, make a little more comfortable. And if there are places that won't relax, then see what it's like to relax around the parts that don't relax. And please, we'll do a little reflection during this meditation. You might reflect on your dharma lineage. And you may be a student of Vipassana or insight meditation or the Theravada tradition. Or you may be a student of Zen or the Mahayana tradition or Pure Land. Or you may be a student of the Tibetan tradition. And of course, we want to welcome your tradition here, your lineage here, as you sit and relax and become awake to what's here now. And please welcome, in addition to your body and your lineage, welcome your heritage, your personal heritage, your body's heritage. And if we welcome our body, our heritage, it will include our family, which we want to welcome sitting here, and our community, and our culture, and our humanness. welcoming all the different levels of reality that are here, both personal and communal, collective, and historical. And it's a little bit like having a sangha all in one seat. So you get to practice together with yourself, and your history, and your culture, and your family, and your community, and all of humanity. And simply sense all of that sitting here as you sense, feel, become aware of your body and your body breathing, the aliveness of your humanness. Of course, you can just relax with the reflection and simply be aware of the aliveness that's here in this moment without calling it or referring to it as anything but this moment of breathing, of breath. So please, let the space of awareness be open if you wish. You can stay with the body and the breath, or you can open the space to include whatever appears in the life that is sitting here, whether it be sounds, or silence, or smells, or thoughts, or tastes or other sensations in the body, or feelings. Not going after anything, not trying to make anything happen. Simply resting in the awareness and being aware of whatever appears on its own. Staying mindful, bodyful, heartful of the phenomena that lives all by itself, coming and going, appearing and disappearing, moment by moment by moment. mm <clears throat> If you discover that you've become enchanted with your thoughts or some experience that you're aware of, relax. See what happens if you're aware of it and not just mesmerized by the thought or the feeling or the sound or the smell or the drink or the taste but keep practicing being aware now. mm <clears throat> Tonight,
1: sure. yes. I'm listening to the end of the bell, which I can still hear. Um, so welcome, everybody. You can hear me. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, my name is Nina. I think I know many of you, and I'm one of your board members here at San Francisco Insight and I'm gonna say a little bit about Donna. Actually, it was really nice uh, instruction in the sit, Eugene, how uh, the image of um, this line of ancestry that you brought forth, and then you said something about, it's like sitting with a whole sangha here in this one seat. That was such a beautiful image, and I thought about all the the multitude of acts of generosity, uh, purposeful acts and unknown acts from that long lineage behind me and here in this one seat, all this this interweaving of giving um, that I'm benefiting from just being here right now. And uh, Yes. Are you going to say something, Eugene?
0: It's true. (laughs) Really lovely the way you said it.
1: So now I can't remember if I defined the word Donna as generosity. But if I didn't, I meant to. (laughs) It's
0: okay. You got it in now.
1: Okay. Should I say a little bit more, Eugene? Yeah, sure. Okay. So this is, um, this is a foundational practice in Buddhism and really it's, it's, it's the ground out of which these practices have been allowed to flourish since the time of the Buddha. It's really how the um, monastic community and the lay community were interwoven through this practice of generosity, the monastic community relying on the lay community to support them with food and lodging and medicine and the lay community receiving the generosity of the teachings. So in that way, this is all of our lineage that's sitting with us in our seats tonight. So if you wish to participate in uh, generosity now, you can offer your generosity as a financial offering to San Francisco Insight. And I'll put a link in in the chat. And you can also offer your generosity through volunteering or just being here with your presence. So thank you.
0: Great, thank you, Nina. Hi, everybody. I'm into waving these days on Zoom. Uh, I hope sometime we get to be in person, but it's still great to see you on Zoom. Um, I, uh, I'd like to start tonight by just acknowledging that yesterday was the anniversary of Mahatma Gandhi's birthday. And uh, is there anybody here who doesn't know who Mahatma Gandhi is? Which, you know, could be, raise your hand if you don't know who he was, is. Right, but because he was such a beautiful, powerful person in the last century, and he changed our world, the world that we know, because he'd been living in colonized India, which had been colonized by the by the British, and he helped liberate it with a nonviolent protest, and uh, over many years and a lot of dukkha, a lot of difficulty, a lot of suffering, but, um, and he also really was, while he was doing that, he he ran campaigns in the areas that started to become liberated for more basic human rights, and to ease poverty, and to expand women's rights, and to build religious and ethnic harmony as much as he could, and, um, and to... Um, also to help eliminate the injustices of the caste system, which you heard about a little if you were here last week. And uh, he, he has a beautiful quote, which I I believe I had SFI send out. He said, he said, I believe in the essential unity of all people, in the essential unity of all people, for, and for that matter, all lives Therefore, I believe that if one person gains spiritually, the whole world gains. And if one person falls, the whole world falls to that extent. And see, he knew something about Sangha in the biggest sense of the word, which I'll speak to a little later in the talk tonight. But I I, uh, I appreciate, I've always appreciated his inspiration for so many people. including, I believe Pam mentioned it last week, that uh, Martin Luther King went to visit him and, uh, and was uh, inspired by him and vice versa. And um, I listened to, I was really sorry, very sorry, I couldn't be at the meeting last week, I was teaching. But I really wanted to be here because of what was being done and what was being taught about the diversity, equity, and inclusion statement from uh, SFI. And uh, so I listened to it, which is a rare thing for me to do, to be honest. I don't listen to Dharma talks too often. And uh, just not, not where my interest is. But I was interested in this, and I wanted to know more about what had happened. And it was really totally inspiring to listen. In fact, I've listened a couple times, because I wanted to steal some of the good parts of it and use it in the talk tonight, which is something you you do as a teacher. You always take from the best, if at all possible. And, uh, And so Pam's talk was great, and I loved the, he kept, she kept stressing welcome welcome, welcome, welcoming ourselves, welcoming one another, welcoming the truth of the way things are. And uh, the word welcome, it's a nice word, it's from the Old English, and it's about a person who's coming, who's pleasing. And welcome means, uh, well means pleasure, and kumin and means come. So it's the welcome coming of us all, of all of us, both internally, as Pam talked about last week, and I've talked about many times, and externally. Being mindful both internally, being mindful internally, being mindful externally, and being mindful both internally and externally, which is a really, I believe, a pivotal part of satipatthana, of mindfulness practice, that it's not just one or the other, it is one and it is the other and it is both. And that that starts to open up this space of awareness in a much more dharmic-centered way because it's not dualistic. It's not A or B or C. It's all three. And that is starts to broaden our perspective and wake us up. And so I thought I would read the statement again. I know the, the board read it this week, but last week, but I was just kind of making the talk up on the fly the last couple of days, and I didn't call them. Otherwise, it would have been nice to have them read it again. But I'll just read it so if you did weren't here and didn't hear it, you would hear it. And if you were here and heard it, that you would hear it again because it's always good to hear the Dharma more than once. Because one time it goes in, and the second time it goes in, but it's not in, it's not the same person who's hearing it. Because whoever you were last week, that's not the same person who you are tonight, today, this moment. And so, so it begins San Francisco Insight, which I'm just going to shorten to SFI. So SFI aspires to be a welcoming spiritual home for all people who seek to manifest the values and principles of the Buddha in their daily lives, a place of refuge to come completely as you are. Regardless of your age, race, ethnicity, gender identity, sexual orientation, and mental and physical abilities, we welcome you. Regardless, and I don't, the one thing I don't like, I'm going to just tell you, is the regardless. It's, I would change it now. I would put, oh, inclusive of your age, race, ethnicity. It's not regardless. We want your race. We want your age. We want your ethnicity. We welcome your gender identity, your sexuality. It's not regardless of it. And we, and so I'm going to change it. I'm going to say it this way: We welcome your whatever income, your, whatever is your income, your religion, your nationality, your education, your geographic location, your life experiences, and per, your personalities as an invaluable support of a vibrant sangha. At SFI, we begin. We believe that a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion is more than a statement. It requires a shift in culture. It takes time to make a meaningful impact and ultimately should be and will be, I'm adding on a little here, embedded in the DNA of our community. We are a work in progress and we recognize this is an ever-evolving long-term commitment. In support of our commitment to foster community, we'll all feel welcome. SFI centers BIPOC voices, Black, Indigenous, People of Color voices, by inviting teachers from diverse backgrounds, as well as Buddhist teachers from diverse lineages, to share their wisdom in our weekly and monthly meetings. SFI intentionally increased the diversity of our board of directors with the addition of two new board members who are self-identified as BIPOC and also LGBTQIA++, respectively. SFI normalizes conversations about race and systemic racism by bringing these issues into our space regularly and with compassion. SFI provides an annual program that invites those who identify as white to engage in the internal work of investigating how their white identity may perpetuate perpetuate racial suffering and by doing so commit to breaking down systemic barriers to equity. SFI invites students from underrepresented communities to lean in and add their voices into the Sangha, while asking those from dominant communities to step back and hold noble space. SFI offers audio recordings to most Sunday Dharma talks for those who are unable or do not prefer to attend in-person meetings. To access the reportings recordings, go to San Francisco Dharmacy, not San Francisco, to Dharmacy.org and search for the date or name of the Dharma teacher that spoke to the San Francisco community. So that's just a little reminder of what was read and what we how we're oriented these days and the and the collectivity of that orientation that it's really about all of us. It's not just about one of us, it's a collective orientation, it's a collective part of our practice. Um, So, and part of that, is has to do with the wisdom of the buddha that pam spoke to about right the practice is both internal external and both and she talked about the buddha as a social revolutionary because of what he did in his time and place to include everybody all castes at that time which was a. I don't think we can actually even imagine how radical that was for his time and place and culture. And then um, it was also really, really beautiful to hear the responses of people who spoke, some of who I see are in the room uh, last week. Uh, Ana Maria, I, I don't know if I know you, but I'm glad you're back again and uh, it was great to hear you talk about feeling welcome no matter what location you were in, and also your interest in having a variety of communities be welcomed who may not even be on the list that I read in some way, shape, or form, or maybe be uh, unfamiliar with this community or at, in this community. And um, actually, I don't see, if Lloyd still here? Are you still here, Lloyd? You are, good. Because Lloyd, who's waving, I don't know if you've got gallery view or speaker view, but Lloyd Rath, who's over there, often, um, he often mentions the different sanghas that are available in Spanish. So I just want to make sure you know about that for your family. Great. And... Um, and then the um people also talked about the and pam talked about the book cast by isabel wilkinson and the positivity of that which i know she encouraged you all to read it but i would like to second her encouragement how many people here have read cast let me see oh yeah we should just do a cast retreat you know, really, like everybody read cast and then you get a free retreat at Spirit Rock and we'll, and, and we'll just deal with the awakening to the dukkha of, of, of um, you know, the last 400 years in this country around caste, but also to see the historic uh, ignorance of human beings having to divide divide one another between self and other, and of course, she mentioned that that caste includes both the caste system in India, as well as the caste system in America, and as well as the caste system that was created in Nazi Germany, where the Germans even uh, uh, researched what was done here in America in order to build their caste system for uh, for Jews and other minorities that they persecuted. Hmm. And yeah, and there were just also, I wonder if Jeff is here. No, I, I, I'm not sure if you're the Jeff. There was a Jeff who came on the screen and to to include himself in it, and I don't, I didn't see it, I don't know if he's here now, I'm not seeing anybody, uh, but it was very powerful just to hear it on, on the uh, audio about, and, and Jeff sh- showing himself, because he's not uh, the usual size human, and so on the on the screen, if you just see his head, you don't know that. But he included himself very fully. Is he here? Wait, where are He's you, you Okay, I'm not seeing you, but okay, I'm hearing you. Go ahead, speak up, Jeff. Are you here? Can you unmute? Hi, hi. Oh, it is you. Okay. It is I. Okay, it is I. Great, thank you. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, well, great. Thank you so much for that, Jeff, really. And we can keep talking a little about it because that was very powerful. Even, even not, not vision, not even seeing it, but just hearing you being real here. And that's, a, that's a, so powerful for all of us because we're all learning how to be real together. And I imagine it might have taken some courage to do that. Really, and, you know, to be honest, because it's like we don't usually, there's some things that, you know, if we show everybody all of who we are, sometimes people have a reaction to it, and it may not be the reaction we want. And so I just really appreciated your realness in that way, because I think that's something that builds real sangha.
1: Thank you, Eugene.
0: Yeah. It's yeah.
1: It, it's um being vulnerable.
2: I'm hearing yes. that.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: But I feel I I feel comfortable with all of you. That's makes all the difference.
0: Cool. You know? Great. Thank you. Well, I'm glad, and I'm glad you're helping us be comfortable with ourselves also and whatever we might not show or reveal. So thank you very much. Really, really, really moved me uh, just to hear what happened and, and you're being real. Because I think that's such an important part for us to learn, and it's an ongoing learning about how to be real together. It's not a one-time thing. We're all, none of us are totally enlightened. I want to just assure you. And until then, let's keep waking up more day by day, moment by moment even. And so part of what was so uh, powerful about listening was hearing the potency of the sangha together. Everybody being here together and being real, whether it was Jeff or Anna Marie or, or, or whoever it was. I mean, the different people who spoke, it was just very moving. And so uh, the, the Thich Nhat Han he said, um, he believes that the Buddha, the, the Sangha, may be the next Buddha right? There's a historical idea that Buddhas come every 5,000 years or something, or they change different Buddhas at different times. And and so Thich Nhat Hanh, says, the next Buddha may take the form of a community, a community practicing understanding and loving kindness and mindful living, right? That that's, that's a whole nother way to understand, not just Buddha and Buddhism, but what's happening in the world today and what's needed because it's a collective awakening that's needed for all of us to be free together. And it really combines both the Theravadana and the Mahayana path of awakening and the Bodhisattva ideal of awakening so that everybody awakens. And You know, diversity, inclusivity, uh, excuse me, diversity, equity, inclusivity is important because really everybody wants to be included and many people haven't been. And there's been prejudice and bias and racism and hatred and ignorance and ignoring in many, many different ways. And I was, uh, I, was ha- I had dinner last night, uh, Pam and I had dinner with some friends and it was uh, a woman who's very successful, very smart, and spiritual, and we talked about what was difficult for her and what she felt like was hard to get from just one spiritual tradition, and that was interesting for me to hear. And so I talked to her about it and we talked, what we clarified was the different levels of reality that need to be seen and acknowledged and welcomed because she's really very successful, she's a successful leader, very innovative, gets a lot of praise, gets a lot of positive transference because of how radically smart she is and how radically innovative she is in business. And so she's got, you know, like big time media wanting to interview her. But she said, but they don't really want to know me. They want to know my success, right? And they want to publicize that, which she said, you know, that's good. I know that. But but really, I end up feeling lonely because they're not really seeing me and who I am. And so we talked about these three levels of how she wants to be welcomed. And she said, personally, and also for her collectively and spiritually. She said, that's all right here, and I want all of me to be welcomed in a real way. And like I said, personally, she's very accomplished and she's a leader, but mostly she gets transference She gets projection, she gets a lot of accolades, which are good, you know, have their place, but she doesn't get to be really seen. And collectively, she she said, I'm a black woman, and there's not just me sitting here, there's my history. There's 400 years of racism sitting here, of trauma that's sitting here. So I want that to be seen, I want that to be welcomed. And she said, spiritually, I'm not any of that, that there's something bigger than that, that's bigger than my work or my accomplishments or even my race or my uh, history. There's something more to me, and I want that to be welcomed also. And she wasn't saying she wanted one or the other. She wanted all three to be welcomed, like the personalness of her humanness, and the collectivity of who her her body uh, self is, right? And then also the spirituality that is right there with all of that at the same time. And so I thought that would be a question for each of us, can we be inclusive of ourselves? Can we include our personal experience of who we are and our culture and your understanding, your your realization, your your Buddhism, your spirituality. Are we? Can we be inclusive of what's good about us and what's ignorant about us? Because none of us are totally awake. Can we be? Can we uh, be inclusive? in terms of Buddhism, of our lack of realization or a lack of understanding? And in terms of culture, can we be aware if we have bias or prejudice, or if we experience it, bias or prejudice? You know, and can we be real about it in terms of Sangha? Mm. And in terms of Sangha and, and this group and practice, can we include, can we welcome and see what do we need to learn? What, what really uh, are we interested in? What, what begins to light our heart towards the Dharma and help wake us up? Right. And can we be real with the Sangha about all our pluses and minuses, whether we're beginners or we have very deep practice, either way? And so, of course, you know, it's can we bring our goodness and can we bring our freedom and can we bring our awakening into the room, all of the above? Hmm. Yeah, and when I think about myself, I mean, it's very interesting to be in the teacher role, and I'm very uh, privileged and blessed to be able to teach, and I love to teach. It's a, it's, a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful opportunity in this life to do that, and to wake up and help others wake up, support others waking up. And also, I think it's very important that I can be real here. Like, oh yeah, I'm a human being and I don't know everything and I fuck up sometimes, and that's all true. And it's not one or the other. And of course, when I think more collectively, I think of my past, which I've talked about and and people have heard about, but especially around community or, or um, my own history. You know, I'm Jewish, so Uh, uh, And that's all sitting here in some way, all right? That whole 5,000 years of being Jewish is sitting here. And of the both goodness of what Jews have had to offer and bring to the world, and the ignorance of what Jews have brought to the world at times. And the difficulty that they've brought to different things. But it also, of course, interweaves personally with the kind of prejudice that Jews seem to have attracted for something like 5,000 years. And I'm always amazed that Jews have survived, really, as a because it's such a teeny culture, actually. It's really, it's the thing that strikes me almost the most about the Jewish tradition is just that it survived, uh, given how few Jews they are percentage wise in the human race at this point. And then of course, you know, I'm, I'm happy my understanding is respected because I know a few things. I've learned some things after the last 40 years of practicing both in Buddhism and the Diamond Approach. I've, I've woken up a little bit, and I'm still waking up. So I'm happy to be here in all those ways, personally and culturally and spiritually, as part of the Sangha here. Hmm. And the other piece I thought I would speak to, I wonder what time it is, oh yeah, I have some time. Yeah, is a little about the external and uh, uh, internal diversity and inclusivity, right? So, we've been looking at it personally for all of us, because everybody has a culture, a race, a history, Uh, time and place, and and conditions that they've been born into, and lived with. And then also, um, what happens when DEI, when diversity, equity, inclusivity, starts to function outside of Sangha, the formal Sangha, right? What about, what is it like to go outside, like I did this morning, because I took a walk in the park again this morning, And to see all the different peoples there, because it's a beautiful day and everybody's out. And it's it's just gorgeous, gorgeous to see everybody mostly doing nothing except having fun and being human beings. And really, really, you know, and it didn't matter, including whatever race they were, or religion they were, or nationality they were, or whatever language they were speaking, or whatever their sexuality was, or whatever their gender orientation was, or, or whatever their physical capabilities, people were all out in the park, and in nature, and being nature, which of course you all know we are nature. And so really, really just starting to see the beauty of our diversity and our, and our unity at the same time right? Because there's a shared communion that's happening, even though we're all different out there in the park, there's a shared communion. Uh, it's, it's the love and joy of nature and of being outside and of playing and people skating and walking and running and dancing and God knows what they're doing, you know, lying around and reading and really just just beautiful. And and then also I always I've said this before I have this great appreciation for the people who work in the in the park because it's a very diverse crew of people who work there and of course the the beauty of what they do and their their the the goodness of the people who manage and and work in the park and clean clean it and make it seem like it's magically just happening all on its own even though behind the scenes there are these people who are working hard and doing really beautiful work and really giving their hearts to their work because you can't do that work really good without being hurtful in some way and so the the diversity, equity, inclusivity of human life is everywhere, right? And it's it's of course good fortune to see it in the park, but really it's everywhere. People are all doing the best they can everywhere. And of course, even there's people who don't make us so comfortable when we see them, who may be ill mentally or maybe may be um, economically uh, extremely deprived, and so they're living on the street, and it's horrendous that in the richest country in the history of the world this happens, but it's part of a bigger national culture in that way. <clears throat> but they may make us uncomfortable but we still want to include them in our love and our care and our kindness, because it's all of us. It's not us and them. It's only us, all of us, and it includes everybody, actually. So I thought I would read, uh, this is from the uh, Vidya Kulavaka, uh, a Buddhist text from the Pali Canon and uh, it's about two practitioners called Yamilu and Tukula and they had it said they had fine voices and fine delivery of their speech which here behind the scenes it means they were high class they were Brahmin okay and and so and they asked the Buddha and they're complaining I'm giving I'm giving a little Yuji along with the text But, so they're complaining, they say to the Buddha, now bhikkhus uh, are of various names, of various races, variously born, and they've gone forth from various um, clans and they spoil the word of the Buddha by using their own language. They spoil the word of the Buddha by using their own language. Let us render the words of the Buddha into classical meter or classical language. The Buddha rebuked rebuked them though and said, misguided practitioners, how can you say that? let us render the words of the Buddha into the classical language. This will not rouse faith in the faithless or increase faith in the faithful. Rather, it will keep the faithless without faith. Uh, And rather, it will keep the faithless without faith and harm some of the faithful. Having rebuked them and given a talk on the Dhamma, he addressed them thus. The word of the Buddha is not to be rendered in the classical language or the classical meter. The word of the Buddha, I, she, he says, I allow the words of the Buddha to be learned in one's own language. And so he changed something in this one teaching because he's pointing at the import of speaking in whatever language people speak, not in some high class, highfalutin language that's, quote, the Buddhist language, or the good language, or the right language, but on the language, you wanna hear it in the language you understand. And I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. When Ajahn Brahm was here from New Zealand, I believe that's where he's from, Australia, I can't remember, and uh, I had to introduce him to a big group at the Unitarian Church, 500 people were there because it was our group, but it was a lot of um, native Buddhists Really, uh, meaning people who'd grown up in Buddhism in different Asian countries, and they knew who Ajahn Brahm was. Even though he's a Westerner, he's highly, highly respected in Buddhism and in the, in the uh, native cultures of Buddhism. And so I had to introduce him, and I'd never met him, but I knew he wrote this book about who, who ordered this boatload of dung, right? It's the name of the book ordered this boatload of dung which is about the teachings of the buddha and so i knew he had a good sense of humor so i i introduced i said um, you know ajin brahm is here and he's known for this and that and he's good at this and i like him because he's got a sense of humor and he's really a no-bullshit buddhist and i said i said he's a no-bullshit excuse me vulnerable he's a no-bullshit buddhist because you don't always use that language with monastics, or one might not so um and then and uh and i and then I praised him because he'd been so supportive of the nuns, and even there he'd he'd invited a bunch of nuns to sit with him on the stage, which is a radical thing because in the patriarchal um, um, ignorance that is you know sometimes in the monastic tradition you don't do that and so he he's and he's really challenged that and he's an expert at the at the um vinya so he they can't really yell at him so even though they try to believe me so anyhow so i introduced them and he went on he started talking and then while he was talking he started cursing and he started using swear words and then at some point he stopped and he said, I'm using swear words because the Buddha said, you should speak in the language of those you are speaking to. And Eugene said bullshit, so now I can say bullshit. And, and it was totally brilliant and great and, and a deep teaching about not holding to rigid ideas, but to waking up to the truth of the Dharma. So, um, yeah. So then, so I'm just I'm moving towards a bigger understanding of sangha that I want to point out. That I have a few different quotes from uh, from uh, Suzuki Roshi. He said, "If you're not a Buddhist, you think there are Buddhists and non-Buddhists. But if you're a Buddhist, you realize that everybody's a Buddhist, even the bugs." <laughs> okay. You get that, all right? He's talking about the little bugs, the flies or the ants or whoever. And because he's, he's seeing from the bigger perspective. And it's such a beautiful part of Suzuki Roshi. He says, he's, he always sees that way. And it's really, it's something about seeing the greater Sangha, which is our Sangha, which is everybody's a Buddhist. It's all of humanity is Buddhist. From how, not that they have to be a formal Buddhist, but we understand that we're all part of one Sangha together as human beings, the human Sangha. And it's the same in South Africa, Desmond Tutu, who's writing, who wrote the foreword for a book of an old, old friend of mine is writing uh, about connectedness and she's uh she's somebody I did street theater with in the 60s in New York City radical political street theater with and we're still friends and she would sent me something and I saw there I read the I read the foreword to her her book from Desmond Tutu and he talked again about connectedness and why he loved what Nadine Hack is her name, what she was doing about connectedness, because he said all of humanity is inextricably interconnected. That's at the core of what we in South Africa call Ubuntu. And Ubuntu is the is the total, really, connection of all beings. And let's see, how we doing? Oh, yeah, I'm going on, huh? Um So I'm gonna end with a last quote from Suzuki Roshi. He said, strictly speaking, there are no separate individual existences. Strictly speaking, this is good dharma, listen to this. Strictly speaking, there are no separate individual existences. There are just many names for one existence. Sometimes people put a stress on oneness, but this is not our understanding. We do not emphasize any point in particular, even oneness. Oneness is valuable, but variety is also wonderful. Oneness is valuable, but variety is also wonderful. Ignoring variety, people emphasize the one absolute existence. But this is one-sided understanding. In this understanding, there is a gap between variety and oneness between uniqueness and collectivity. I'm adding that in. And he says, this is a one-sided understanding. In this understanding, there's a gap between variety and oneness, But but oneness and variety are the same thing. So oneness should be appreciated in each existence. Okay. Okay. I think I'm done for now. And now, as you know, I would love to hear from you, your thoughts, or any responses, questions, comments, clarifications, uh, please raise your hand. You can go to the the uh, reactions button. And there, oh, there we go, Lloyd had his hands, set his hands up. And please, I want to invite people who maybe haven't spoke, or maybe spoke last week for the first time, whoever you are, please feel free to speak. I love it when people speak up. Go ahead, Lloyd, please unmute hey, yourself.
2: Gene. I talk a lot, so I'll be brief. I, <laughs> I want to really give a shout out to uh, Jeff. Um, last week, uh, what he did, um, man, it grabbed me, you know, and it, and and I thought about it a lot during the week, and and uh-huh. just Wait! 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 Floyd,
1: you're you're muted. <laughs> we need you to go back and, yeah. and start again. Yeah. All right.
2: Okay. I was <laughs> saying I talk a lot, and I talk <laughs> a lot. <You> heard that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, I wanna I wanna give special for me a special shout out to Jeff. Um, what he did last week, um, it really knocked my socks off. I and I thought about it all week about just how you see things and then maybe how they really are. And just, it, it was very, very powerful. And he did it in such, a, in such a dignified and clear manner. Anyway, so I want him to know how much I appreciated what he did. It, it definitely left a mark. Great. And also, thank you for this, Sangha. And thank you very much for this wonderful direction that we're going in. I'm proud to be a member of
0: it. Great. Thank you, Lloyd. Okay. That's a nice heart from Maggie. Anybody else? Uh, Clint,
2: um, I'll, I'll let Amy go ahead of me. She's I, I, just shaking her head. <laughs> uh, okay. Go um, ahead. Uh, yeah, there was a silence, so I thought I would just bring up something. Um, I, I, I am a, a big a fan of ken wilbur's work i don't know who's, how many people are familiar with it but basically he just says um there's a long tradition of of going from the multiplicity to union to unity and then back from unity to multiplicity it's like a, just a cycle that goes back and forth and he, he mentions Greek philosophers like Plotinus, and, and there are other thinkers that, that say that too so i just want to say that seems to echo what you were talking about that you have to honor multiplicity not just uh Right. Great. Great. That's all I can say.
0: Thank you. Sounds good. Good to see you, Clint. Good to see you, Jean. Okay. Amy.
3: Um, I don't know myself. I don't know myself. And I thought I had a deep work um but with some humility and gratitude for being welcomed into this community this past few months um and also having just had seven weeks seven days of wonderful retreat with a warm human female group uh-huh. uh that,
0: were, you, were you at Spirit Rock, or yeah. online with Spirit Rock with yeah. and, and uh, yeah,
3: it was uh, so inclusive
0: uh, great. and warm and,
3: Carol, and yeah. juicy and female and uh-huh. just made me have to stay in front of the humanist parts of myself that I thought were not needed in order to be a spiritual seeker. And I'm wrong. (laughs) Great, great. (laughs) I don't know where I got that. I'm wrong. And I just see over again, but in the most welcoming way, that I don't Mm -hmm. know myself. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: So happy to know that.
0: Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Because then you get to discover yourself instead of referring just to the history of self. Which, of course, you know the history, but that's not who you are either. That's just a part of who you are.
3: And it's not who's here now at my uh-huh. age.
0: Uh-huh, right. Great. Thank you. Glad you had a good retreat. I heard really good things about that retreat. It was amazing! <laughs> Great. It uh, makes me happy, really. Okay. Happy. Hi, Happy. Can we get to see you, Happy? Or are you just going to...
4: Yeah, actually, my lighting is very bad, so I think I'm just going to do audio. Okay. Yes. I really
0: appreciate your talk on um, welcoming Wait, wait, wait. Happy? Stay close to your mic. It's a little echoey. So hard for me to hear. Oh, how is it right now? That's better. Great.
4: Yeah, I'm curious about... I have trouble making, I guess, like, okay, say if I am in an environment where I'm disagreeing with somebody else's perspective, I start to notice some judgment mm-hmm. and feeling like, oh, I'm right, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not good to c- create a welcoming environment with right. that kind of uh, vibe. So I'm curious. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious about how, like, how do we best create a welcome environment?
0: Sure. Just um, love the people even when you disagree with them and they're wrong. And it doesn't mean you stop being discerning about what's true. And you may have a different perspective and you may not agree with them. And you can feel the fierce energy that may come with that. But you don't have to stop loving them but you don't have to just be nice to them either if they're fighting with you you can be very loving in a very fierce way when that's needed is that does that make sense i we, happy yeah
4: um that's challenging especially if i feel like they're uh, they have hurt me, for example.
0: Right. Well, yeah. And so you might have to say, you might have to say, I need a break, or uh, that's not okay if they did something that hurt you. Or that's inappropriate, or prejudice. Got it. Yeah, yeah. You you know, it doesn't mean, love doesn't mean um, Pollyanna love means your heart's there and you can also use the fierceness of an open heart as needed got it okay good well it's nice to see your name and hear your voice (laughs) okay hi irma hi irma
4: hi eugene hi everyone um my name is irma um
0: sorry i'll get it one day
4: it's okay um i really appreciated this talk um especially what amy said is not knowing myself um since i've been on this path it's only been about i shouldn't i say only because everyone's been around for a long time for 10 months um Uh i've learned a lot and um i sat in on a sangha where they were discussing racial uh issues uh-huh. FROM From THE WHITE PERSPECTIVE, uh-huh. AND um, I WAS COMPLETELY BLOWN AWAY TO UNDERSTAND THEM BECAUSE I'VE BEEN ON THE RECEIVING END OF THE, the RACISM AND PREJUDICES AND DISCRIMINATION, mm-hmm. BUT I WAS BLOWN AWAY TO UNDERSTAND THE PASSIVITY BEHIND THEIR BEHAVIOR AND mm-hmm. THEIR LACK OF NOT HAVING TO STAND, THEY DON'T HAVE TO, THEY DON'T, YOU right. KNOW, I SAY THEY DON'T HAVE TO, um, Defend anything because they are the the privileged, right? And so understanding that for me was really really um, torture. I sat through it and I listened, and it was like ongoing. It's been ongoing uh, since the Floyd incident. Um, but what I learned about myself when I, while I sat through that was all these. There was hatred. There was judgment. There was uh-huh. so uh-huh. much anger. Yeah. Uh, and and sitting through that, and I I get along. I get along with white people. I always have, but there's something about that. Um, now that I understand um, when they act a certain way with being superior to me or, or treat me uh-huh. a certain way. It's when I pick up on that, so I'm hypersensitive. Right. But when I when I sat through this sangha and and um, listened to how they what their what was behind their behavior, it helped me understand myself. So now when I see that behavior. Right. Instead of reacting, I understand that from my perspective, because we've had to fight so hard to just survive. Yes. I mm-hmm. understand that, or I perceive it as like, oh, that's a sign of weakness. You don't know how to like be human and treat me as your equal. Um, mm-hmm. And that's okay. I can make room for that now. Right. But I, it took me forever to get there. It was even talking about it right now. I get so passionate about it. But it was a very valuable experience.
0: That's great. And thank you for bringing that into the room because that's such an important piece because your anger and hatred is real and Mm -hmm. is part of the life that can help you see clearly, right? You don't just act on it. You want to just see what's really true here, even with all that energy and all that aliveness. And so... um, The other piece that I want to say is, um, and uh, here's how I'm hearing you say it: is that you're seeing with from a bigger perspective about Mm -hmm. their dukkha and where Mm -hmm. their Mm -hmm. ignorance, how their ignorance comes out of their ignorance and their lack of maturity or understanding, and that does free one from the reactivity. Because it's not about you. Mm-mm. You see their dukkha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me, I gotta turn this off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh yeah. Um, yeah, and that's very powerful what you bring into the room. It's how understanding frees us and then can. Go so externally and free others because mm-hmm. you're you're giving them a gift. With no. you, you are. <gasps> That's a, I didn't you.
4: think of it that way. That's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. No,
0: it's beautiful. Yes.
4: I I think um, that part where you said um, about. You know coming uh, bringing our our own ignorance I felt that was my ignorance that not understanding that end but once I was exposed to it and I sat through it I could see how um, enlightening it was for me to be able to um, interact with them on a totally different level
0: now totally I understand I've, I've seen it in myself really it's uh, mm. it, I've seen it when I get that somebody's uh, aggression or ignorance or misunderstanding is actually not about me Mm
3: -mm.
0: it's about them and it's very freeing and it doesn't mean that we don't have to defend against it at times when they don't know they're acting on it and it's it's wrong period and one has to be fierce sometimes also Mm. but but when we're Mm. when we're seated in ourselves then we and we can see clearly there's a lot of freedom to respond skillfully mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great thank you thank you well, I'm, I'm glad you've been here for so long <laughs> 10 months <laughs> 10 months <laughs> great. i'm on my way <laughs> you're more than on your way don't don't at all downplay it really i okay. really because you know i mean You know, my maybe my most favorite Dharma book, there's two of them, but this is one of them, is Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Oh. Have you ever seen that?
4: No, I've heard the term, and um, I feel um, like right now I'm dealing or trying to like, um I, I try to lean into the impermanence because i've heard you i listen to almost all your 300 talks in dharma Seed um on the um on, <laughs> on impermanence uh, on imperma- well i like the, yeah. the humanness of you you, you speak yeah. my language you. i can thank you. I, you know i feel i feel ghetto sometimes and i could be ghetto in here i feel like i could uh, be me totally. right yeah and yeah. so when i try to lean into the the, the uh, impermanence and um the the no self i i could yeah. only lean in so far and i'm i can't go there yet i'm just like it's because i i heard another talk say that there was grief along the way and so that's kind of where i'm at I'm, but be. i i yep. just like want to take it all in and i can't go as fast as i want
0: no no yeah don't go fast it's good to go slow you'll go faster as you go slow
4: okay <laughs> beginner's <laughs> mind thank you okay
0: beginner's mind check out the book sometimes okay. see what you think okay. Okay. It's Suzuki Roshi who Suzuki I quoted Roshi. a couple. And what
4: times. was the name of the title?
0: Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Zen
4: Mind. Okay. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Eugene. Okay. Glad you're here. Thank you. Okay. Seven thirty. Is that it? Okay. I'm just trying to see. And and wait. Say your name again, please.
4: It's Irma, like your ear. Irma.
0: Irma. Irma. Irma, Irma.
4: Irma. Okay. Irma. there you I'll, go.
0: I'll, I'll ask a lot of times because I forget names, It's, but Irma. Okay. Sometimes I
4: think instead of putting my, my she, her there, I want to put my name E-A-R-M-A,
0: they,
4: <laughs> just to support, just to help.
0: <laughs> you can do all of it. <laughs> she, her, E-R-M-A. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, everybody. I guess it's the end. I thought Happy was there, but she's disappeared. Uh, but um, let me go back to Gallery View. Okay, so we'll then we'll do a little sharing of Barrett to end appreciating the good fortune we have to be together, to study together, learn together, to wake up together to start to change the whole world with our little presence. Suzuki Roshi had a great, great line. He said, oh, we just shine one corner of the world. And if everybody shines their corner of the world, the whole world will shine. And so I'm appreciating shining our world together. Uh, And may the blessings, goodness, merit of our time go out in every direction touching beings in every realm. May all beings be happy, peaceful, safe, healthy, and free from suffering, free from dukkha, free free from misunderstanding, the conditioning that we might have been born into, the prejudice, the misunderstanding, the ignorance, the bias, May we all be free of dukkha, of suffering. May we wake up, may we wake up together. May all beings be free. you, everybody. Good to see you. Uh, I think I'm here next week, but I don't know and I didn't look at my calendar, so who knows? Maybe I'll be here next week, but I think I am. Okay. Thank
2: you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed,
0: please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.